money, 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 money. Boom. Money. I don't know if I hit that all the way. Got to get back into my vocal exercises. <laughs> money. Let me tell you, that is a topic that is everywhere, even over the pulpit. We have turned the word of God into a money collecting machine. We have made a million dollars this savior of stuff that I have no idea what it's trying to save people of. And trust me, I am nowhere near a millionaire. I know what God has called me to. And I know that everything that he has spoken to me and spoken to my husband that we will see. But money has become too centered in the church. And truthfully, it's always been there. This is why Jesus turned the table over. Because folks was literally in the temple selling goods. Money has always been in the midst, in the center of the church. You see so many people, that is their downfall. You see where churches are getting upset because they're so money hungry. Now, here's the thing. It has its rightful place. Please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. It has its rightful place. But have we really sat back and said, okay, I'm realizing that I am too bound by this paper because money is paper. We see now what we are living through right now in year 2023. Inflation as of last year was terrible. Most Americans, most people don't even calculate for the uh, normal inflation rate, which is I think three to 5% let alone the the inflation that we experienced last year and who knows what we're going to experience. So it's a constant devaluing asset that we have placed all of our hopes and dreams into. And yet we have, it keeps infiltrating the church, knowing that it can destroy so many people. But if it is put in its rightful place, my God, how much can it bless? How many people can we feed? How many homes can we build? How many amazing schools can we build? How many after-school programs can we have for children? All of these things, but money cannot be our God. We cannot love money. We cannot be indebted to it. None of these things are what God desires. Welcome back. Welcome back to Conquering Me Podcast. I am Jennifer Jefferson. I am so glad that you are here. I just want to say thank you for coming back. Thank you for spending time with me. And I hope that you are praying for me as I am praying for you. As I stated last week, um, we started our Facebook page. So definitely please go check that out. It's Conquering Me Podcast. Definitely please like and subscribe to this podcast. We are working on so many other things and we want to make this a real full ecosystem. I guess that's the best way you can say it regarding um, us holding each other accountable, us keeping one another really positive in this walk with Christ, right? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength and we can uphold one another in love and joy and peace and also have each other to be accountable when things have gone too far. So um, I just want to say thank you for coming back for the first time. Uh, Listeners, thank you. And those who have been listening, thank you, thank you, thank you. 
I want to talk about money. God, free me of money. Now, here's the thing. I am not asking God to remove money from me because your girl got to pay bills. My husband and I have three children. They need to eat. We have to feed them. We have to clothe them. Our oldest is 15, 6, 1. The boy is tall. Mama got to go pay. We got to go get these shoes, all of these things. So when I say free me from money, I'm talking about the mental and the spiritual hold that money has had on humans for too long, but uh, particularly the, the believers, right? And we're going to go into scripture about money. And I don't want this to be something to where it's unfortunate, I, I, you know, the extremes that we go to in the body of Christ, where you have some people who feel like don't talk about it at all. We don't need to be chasing money. We shouldn't have money. Uh, Christians should not live a, a luxury life, um, all of these things. And then you have some people to where they feel like, all Christians should live a luxury life. All Christians should do, um, live, be extremely wealthy and all these things. Well, here's the truth. I, and please let me know, um, in the Facebook page, if there is a scripture that says that all Christians will be monetarily rich. I want to make that clear. All Christians will be financially rich. And what is the definition of rich? I was in this financial class some years ago, and I remember they asked the question, what would, um, how much would, no, 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 that's what it was. It said, what was your desired annual income? Like if you meet this annual income, you will be considered, you will think, okay, cool, I'm rich. So it was various. Some people said um, $300,000 a year. There was a, a few people who said $100,000 and it was anonymous. So people didn't feel weird about saying their numbers. So what we did, we wrote it on the post-it note and stuck it on the wall. And um, then the teacher came back later and began to read everything. And then one person said $50,000 and she decided to put her hand up. She said, look, if I can make $50,000 right now as a single mom, oh my gosh, that would be so much for me. She was. Now, some of you are thinking like, child, $50,000 ain't nothing. But for her, $50,000 is a lot annually, right? So one thing, once again, rich, monetarily rich is based on uh, perspective. Now, people did laugh when they saw my number. Now, here's the thing. My husband and I, we live in big faith, big faith. I think my number was like 500 million. If I can do 500 million a year, I will be rich. They were like 500 million. I said, for what? I said, why not? We got these other people who are billionaires and stuff like that. Why can't I? And they were like, well, you know, I didn't knock anybody else on what they desired. But for me, I said 500 million. Now, I, I promise you, everyone in the class, including the instructor who was a financial expert, started laughing like, that's considered rich. That is a lot. So when I say rich, I'm talking about monetarily rich. I know that God that we have, he has given us, God has all the riches and power and wealth. God has all of these things. And as his children, we have access to it all. But then also that we also understand that there are certain things that we uh, will obtain according to the life and the purpose and the mission that is here on earth. Not everyone is supposed to be multimillionaires. Not everyone is supposed to be billionaires, right? 
But I do believe that God does not desire for his children to live in poverty. That I do believe, right? I do believe and I know that his word of God requires us to be good stewards and manage what we have. But when I say free me from money, I'm talking about the mental and spiritual hold that it has over us. And this came about, I was just praying and talking to God about a lot of things and I was feeling overwhelmed and I was praying and as I was meditating and just really sitting in silence, I heard this scripture that I'm about to quote to you. And I just said, God, what's in my heart? Is there something that needs to be revealed? Right. And so I heard this scripture and it is Matthew 6. Matthew 6, 19 through 21. And this is the Passion Translation. Uh, Don't keep hoarding for yourself earthly treasures that can be stolen by thieves. Material wealth eventually rusts, decays, and loses its value. Instead, stockpile heavenly treasures for yourself that cannot be stolen or and will never rust, decay, or lose their value. And this is the scripture that the uh, Holy Spirit was speaking to me. For your heart will always pursue what you esteem as your treasure. And I want to read that specifically, that verse in the New King James Version, which is the more um, well-known version. So uh, Matthew six twenty one says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So I began to pray and meditate and I said, well, God, uh, where's my treasure? Where's my heart? So you said where your treasure is. That was Jesus. Now this is Jesus talking. Jesus said these words and I said, okay, God, your word says where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. And I said, okay, so God, where's my heart? I thought my heart was in you. I thought my heart represented you. Right. And it does. So, so I'm not going to say that my heart is not for Christ because it is for Christ. But this particular thing that I was praying about on it, I was because I was asking God specifically, like, why, why am I feeling anxious and nervous? And then I saw this image of my husband. I said, oh, my husband is my heart. I just love him so much. And then, <laughs> then as I was sitting there, began to dig. This is why even when the Lord reveals things to you, don't just get up and run. Sometimes we have to really rest and, and just say, OK, wait a minute. Is there more? Because what this was, as Jesus was explaining it, it was explaining it as things, right? The things here on earth. But also I felt like it was a warning and a word of wisdom of where your treasure is. That's where your heart will be also. So you need to understand where your heart and where your treasure is. So I began to really pray and ask God and do some more studying regarding this passage of scriptures. And it is about possession and money. That as I was praying and studying and I'm doing this, all this stuff, I'm reading commentary, reading scriptures that are supportive scriptures. I began to realize that my husband represented money to me. And I said, well, what do you mean, God? My, and I had to realize, and I thought I was over this. This is why I said, God freed me from money. I thought that I was over this mindset or this thing of the blame game. Too many times in relationships, I hear the blame game. He didn't do this. She didn't do this. Blah, 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 blah. All these other things. Now, here's the truth. God has blessed my husband and I tremendously. The biggest issue that we have had um, that is no longer there throughout the years was finances. 
it was the up and down. He and I had two different financial principles. We worked completely differently, all of these things and how we handle, manage money, all these things. So it just took us a lot of time to really understand how to move as one financially. And we're still learning that. I only want to act like we have perfected that. But the Lord was showing me that I was still, I still had this mindset of blaming him for the lack because yes, we have more than what we had last year, but yet it is still not what I desire. This is why I say, God, free me from money. And I said, oh my Lord, thank you, Jesus, for revealing this. Your girl still has a little bit of a scarcity mentality in her. I still got a little lack mentality in me. Oh, okay, God, rinse me, rinse me, rinse me. Rinse me of this. Because I know you called for me to live abundance. I know you call for all of us to live in abundance. But God, free me of this because I want my heart and my treasures to be about you and the good work, about what I do for others in your name here on earth. I don't want it to be about no dog on paper. That here's the truth. At one point, it was backed by gold, which came from the earth, which came from God. But no longer, our money doesn't have value like that, like it did once. That's why I was saying earlier about how it truly is a depreciating asset. It's like if you put all of your hopes and dreams into your luxury car or into your car, whatever, because some people are, are classics. They love a good old school car. The moment you drive that thing off the lot, every time you drive that car, it depreciates. Majority of the cars, it depreciates. Your clothes, it depreciates. It goes down in value. And I said, God, I don't want this. And I realize I'm starting to get, not starting, I am. I have to really watch my attitude, but I get irritated sometimes when I hear messages and it turns to a example about money in some form or fashion. And I'm like, no, this thing is keeping us really, really, really locked up and bound. This is why you see people stealing it. This is why you see people doing desperate, uh, desperate things because they don't have enough of it. This is why you have certain groups of people who want to keep some folks poor, right? Because they don't want them to have, to have access. So once again, I'm not here to bash money, but I'm here. I'm like, God, free me from the hold of money. Free me from the very thing that you have created to be a tool somehow has become a master. I don't want that. And here's the thing. I thought I was not there. There were times where I did. I knew I was stressing and worrying about money. I, I put I put money too high on a pedestal. If we just had this, everything would be good. If we had just, I would start taking care of this. If we just had this, girl, excuses, excuses, excuses. All of this stuff. Well, if I just go ahead and it, how many people I've heard, well, you know, if I just have money, I can go ahead and start that business. How many times have we heard people say, I didn't have nothing, but I started. If I had money, I would go ahead and start eating right. Child. Child. Like, let's talk. Come on now. If I had money, I would go ahead and start going to the gym. Baby, if, if your feet and legs still work, please go walk. But we have we have allowed money to consume us. And I completely understand in this day and age because it literally is around us everywhere from 
the music that you listen to from shows that you watch the the maybe the social media influencers or people that you like to watch and you see how they are living and how they are doing certain things child you can watch an HGTV show and people feel like I need to walk into a house and it looks exactly like HGTV honey that costs money and people will go into debt to achieve a dream but yet they're stressing themselves every day every day to be in that house, which is making them house poor. So once again, this is not to bash money, but it's to free money, uh, to ask the Lord to free us from money and place it in its rightful place. Some people came from the opposite where their parents were, uh, did not teach them about money. There is an emotional, I was taking this class. Ah, I forgot what it was. It was a financial class and I appreciate the first thing that they did. They spoke about your emotional tides to money. And of course, a lot of the emotional ties that we have to money, it is based on how we were raised. Let it be, it was talked about often or it was not talked about. And then when it was talked about, how was it talked about? Was it more about stress? Like, oh God, I got to pay these bills. No, 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 you, you no, 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 we, we don't have anything. We don't have the money, so we can't pay for that. You know, all of these things, right? So all this stuff overflows in who you are. So this is why I say, God, free me from money. But I want to go to 1 Timothy 6. Uh, 1 Timothy 6 and 10. Well, let's go to 1 Timothy 6, uh, 9 and 10. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which down, which drown men in destructive destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. So we have heard this scripture a lot, but we have heard it misquoted a lot. The scripture specifically is first uh, Timothy six and 10 for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. I've heard people say that money is the root of all evil. That is not what the scripture says. It says for the love, 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 love. The love of money is the root of all kinds, not all evil, all kinds of evil. And I'm saying that is because we know we can watch look, one of my one of my favorite shows. Well, not favorite shows, but a show I like to watch often is American Greed. I don't think they've had anything late lately. Everything is I think they're all repeats. But either way, you see that desire to be wealthy, how it has corrupted the very soul of people. In Proverbs, I believe it's in Proverbs, it said, what profits the man to gain the whole world, but to lose his soul. So what we cannot do is love money because it is the root. It is the cause, right? Of all kinds of evil. It is the thing that breaks up families. It is the things that make people lie, still cheat. It is the thing that makes people want to kill somebody over money. Unfortunately, we have all seen it on some scale when a loved one has passed away. And we have legit seen the family fight over money. And sometimes the money to others is insignificant. Let's say ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000. But you have seen people, I have seen people literally lose it with their family over less than 50 grand. And that person who died, who died had a lot of debt, a lot of things to take care of, but they lost it. 
because that money was huge. And I'm just like, we have, we keep placing money in its wrong place. And that is not what God wants. It is a tool. It is something that is used to help others. Because here's the truth. When we love it, we end, we end up idolizing it. Whenever we love something, truly love something, once again, I'm talking about your heart posture. You begin to idolize it. This is why it says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And the Bible says in Matthew 6 and 24, and I want to go back to Matthew 6, 24. And in Matthew 6, 24, it helps us to understand why we cannot love money and why we cannot. This is once again, Jesus is talking. Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, and it says, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And that was the New King James Version. And I want to read the, cha- the Passion Translation uh, Version because mammoth means money. Okay, so let's get it a different uh, translation so we can have a, a better understanding. This is once again, Matthew 6, 24. How can you, how could you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You can't worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. While enslaved to the God of money. I know it's in Proverbs when it talks about owing no man because you become a slave to the master. When you owe somebody, you are now enslaved. How many of us have been praying for that doggone uh, student debt to be uh, counseled here in America? Because it has been hovering over us, that debt that money has been hovering over us. And I get it. We were told go to college. We were told to continue to education. We were told all these things. And in our minds, we're doing the right things. But now we have a beautiful opportunity to step back and to say, God, have I placed money in the wrong place? Have I allowed it to become an idol? Am I worshiping it in some form or fashion? Do not, I don't like God for real. Like God answer me and letting me know. How do I put this thing in a rightful place? Because it is a tool. It is something that can help others. Imagine if you have people who have the heart of Christ and they also have enough wealth and finances to where they can handle their bills. They have their savings in order. They have the inheritance left up for their children. All of these things, because the Bible does say a wise man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. So all of these things are said and done. But imagine what it is when people of God who have the heart of Christ, they have this extra funds left over and they see someone in need and they say, you know what? I'm going to pay your mortgage today. You know what? Hey, I'm going to go ahead and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want to be a part of the tuition committee to put your child through school so they won't have debt. I remember what that was like to have debt. All of these things, what happens when we can put it in its rightful place? When we can say, God, this is a tool 
that I will use for your kingdom. This is a tool that I will use to glorify you. This is a tool that will reach so many people. This is a tool that will bring people into the kingdom and they don't have to feel misused. They don't have to feel judged for the lack. I will step in and I will help with the feeding program, not just with the servant, but also with the finances to make sure that people are fed. I will step in to help um, other business entrepreneurs. They say they need some seed money to get things up, up and going. God, I will step in. But in order for you to do that first, you have to make sure that you're not serving it. You can't serve money. And for some of us, some of us are like, you know what? I don't even desire money like that. I can care less. I still need you to go ahead and check your heart. Because some of that may be your fear. Because you heard speak, people speak so negatively of it. Or sometimes you feel like I'm not, I don't know if I'm truly worthy to have all this. I don't know if I can really do this like that, God. Some of us are really blocking our blessings because we don't have a full understanding of what God wants. Once again, I'm, I don't want us to go ahead and worship it. Because that's not what we're supposed to do. Nor do I want us to fear it. And I was trying to find this scripture where it talks about, um, and it's in Ecclesiastes, and it talks about money being basically as a form of protection. And there is use of it, but we have to place it in its rightful place. So once again, we can't go from one extreme to another. We cannot go from the place of saying, well, I don't want it, or that's all I do want. All of these things, this money is a tool, just like how a car is a tool, a home is a tool. All of these things are tools and resources that God has given us here on earth. But it's so interesting how the Bible speaks so much of finances. Throughout the Bible, it is, ugh, I wish I had my book right in front of me. There is a, um, a book and it talks about how much money is mentioned in the Bible. It's a lot. Let me just say that <laughs> it's a lot from tithes, offering, from paying your taxes, to managing it, to obtaining it, to growing it, investing. It's like all of these things. So God is like, I understand the purpose of it, but I don't need you to worship it, nor do I want you to run away from it. And you walk around in a poverty and scarcity mindset. You walk around in this thing, judging other Christians because they are saying, hey, I know that there is more. See, the desire is, God, I want to desire to do your work in your kingdom work. One of the ways that we can make sure that we're putting money in its rightful place is to do what? Become financial literate. Go take some classes, read some books to understand what money is. Here's the thing. I love your pastor and may God bless your pastor. But your, if your pastor is not financially certified, please do not go and sit down with your pastor and ask him about financial advice. This is no knock. Real talk. Like go, there are people who are students of the economy, students of finances, stock, budgeting, all of these things. And they are believers. 
Go seek them out. Ask God for his wisdom and guidance to find those people. Find them online. Take the class, whatever it is. Become financially wise, right? Because this is what allows you to keep everything in its rightful place. Because you understand this is not a God and this is definitely not my God, right? But if I put it in its rightful place, because now I have understanding and knowledge, there are a lot of, um, I want to say uh, financial, I know one person that everyone knows of is uh, Dave Ramsey. I know some people like his stuff is, is sometimes it's a little bit extreme for some people, but there are a lot a, of Christian believers and who are financial advisors who can tell you scripturally why you need to do certain things with money. Okay. So this is what I'm asking for the Lord to free you from money. How do you free yourself from money is number one, asking the Lord to reveal any areas where you have had an improper relationship with it. It became your idol or you are literally blocking your blessing because you're nervous to deal with it for whatever reason. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal that to you. Number two, become wise about it. Study the word of God about what it says. Stop throwing, like I told you that one scripture, when people say, you know, money is the root of all evil. No, that is not what the scripture says. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, not all evil, all kinds of evil. Study the word of God so that you become a student of what he says regarding money. Because once again, this is a tool. It is a resource and God is the source. Number three, find other books about how to budget, manage, mass your wealth, how to give, because we are supposed to be givers. Like I said, imagine if majority of us were where we would want to be financially, where we didn't have any debt, debt, excuse me, but we just had a, a tons of disposable income. Would we continue to buy a whole bunch of stuff or will we be able to give? And get freely without worry. But that starts with the mindset before the actual thing happens. And I want to say that like God had to really start dealing with me. As I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want to become a giver. Giver of my time, my talent, my money. I want to become a giver because you are a giver. That is just who you are, God. And if I'm made in your image, I want to be like that. I don't want this stingy spirit to be over me. And I found myself giving, let it be $2 here. I might see somebody, you know, here in Washington, unfortunately, we have a lot of homeless, those who need homes. And so when I'm praying, I'm like, God, how do you want me to give? Sometimes go buy food, go buy water, whatever it is, send them a word, stop. And my, and my children see me giving. And I said, let me tell you this, never walk by people and think they're not worthy of love. They're not worthy of a hand just because. Now, you have some Christians who will tell you uh, dead in your face. Don't you give to them? That's not your walk. That's my walk. When God has me to sit down with someone and I'm talking to them about whatever, the Lord says, pay for their lunch, pay for their dinner. Lord, I'm going to give because that's who you are. So I had to begin to say, Lord, renew my mind. And I did go and I apologized my husband, <laughs> apologized to my husband just for the thoughts. I said, Lord, babe, I didn't realize I was still blaming you. And my husband's so sweet. He's like, oh, babe, that's good. You good. He's so sweet. But I had to realize like, Lord, this thing is in me. And I said, God, free me. I am, I refuse uh, to be bound 
I refuse anything to be an idol in my life. I just want God. And when the world looks at myself and my husband and what we have built and they're like, wow, look at all that we have built. I want the Lord to be pleased with me because he sees where we are and what we have done with what we have built. Our heart is in the right place. Our heart reflects him, but it has to start now. Before everything comes, it has to start now. Before the debt is gone, it has to start now. Before the money comes in, your mindset and your heart has to change. You cannot serve two gods. You cannot. You cannot serve to God. God, free us from money. God, I specifically pray for any preacher and teacher that is out there right now. It has become very common within the church, specifically the American church, for us to preach so much about obtaining stuff. You said where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. Jesus said, if we are putting all of our trust and our treasures here for earthly things, where the rust and the moth can can get it, basically what's the point? But we have to put our treasure in heavenly things things that please you, things that are going to bring people into the kingdom, God. I pray right now that you begin to help every preacher, teacher, preacher, whatever, whatever title that they go by, prophet, evangelist, every title that is out there, that they begin to preach the word of God that is centered around you, what Jesus has said, what you desire. We don't want the word to be minced with a whole bunch of stuff and us going after a bunch of things and us, it's all about money. We're just going to use you like a genie. That is not who you are. You are our God, our heavenly father. Yes, you have provided everything for us, but we're not going to go to you like a genie just rubbing the magic lamp and just expecting our three wishes and that's it. Help us to understand and hear our language. For any of us that have had a lot of ups and downs financially and you thought that you were over the wounds or the stings of that, I pray that God begins to heal you right now. I pray that God begins to let you know that it's not supposed to be over you. That control of money is not supposed to be there. That is a tool that you have power over. God has given you the power to obtain wealth. According to Deuteronomy 8 and 18, it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. So if you're in a place of struggling, ask the Lord to reveal any poverty, scarcity, or lack mindset because we have a God of abundance, but we need our heart to always be about him and always worship him. And for those of us who have the means, God, I ask that you begin to remove the stinginess from us so that we can see, open all of our eyes so that we can be the givers that you have called us to be. We can give of our time, our talent, and our money and our knowledge and we will give you all the glory in the midst of it lord as always we always want to open opportunity for anyone who wants to be saved if you are listening you want to be saved i ask that you begin to repeat after me lord come into my life i confess with my mouth that you are my lord and savior jesus christ and i believe in my heart that you rose from the grave 
If you have said that you are saved, the angels are rejoicing, we are rejoicing, and we are so glad to call you brother or sister in the Lord. Please, please, please find a church home, find a church group, whatever it is. A lot of churches have small groups, but find that. Become part of a family and begin to spend time and seek the Lord in word, in your word, in Bible study, your own Bible study, and also a group Bible study, as well as in prayer. I love you all. Continue to ask the Lord to, I'm serious, y'all, for real, please hear me. Ask the Lord to reveal any unholy tithes ties that you have with money reveal that because we don't want this to be the thing to be our downfall where our name is tainted where our families fall apart our communities are destroyed because of it our churches are destroyed because of it whatever it is ask the Lord to remove any ungodly ties that we have to money I love you all and I will speak to you next week.